Okay, let's get into our discussion of Parshas Truma, Tavshin, Ayin, Aleph, as we get into a uh, the next section of the Torah. You know, it might have been, for all of those of us who have been following since Parshas Bracious, you know, we go from Bracious, oh, Baruch Hashem, Shmos, Yisias Mitzrayim, Matan Torah, it's a highlight, and then we start feeling it, Parshas Mishpatim, and now separates the men from the boys in terms of being Mavra Sedra, but it's, uh, it just makes it more challenging. And the Abarbanel makes sure that we don't turn off. And we don't say, okay, I'll wait till Safer by Midbar. No, no, no. Or at least Kedoshim. Says the Abarbanel in source number one. This is at the end of the Abarbanel in our parsha. Velo yala bilvavecha. It shall not go up in your hearts. Shahasipurim ha'ela mimaisa ha'mishkan vekela. All these parshias, four out of the next five parshas, there's no action. It's all description. No action. Right, except you have, you have the Maisa HaEgel in the middle. Okay, that's, that's major action. But it's surrounded by four parshios of Mishkan. The Kelev, Vesidr HaKamaso, Masano, Vakarbanus, and all the Karbanus, and all the details of the Kelev, Binyani HaNesim, Ubigdei HaKonim, and all the clothing, the four Begadim, the eight Begadim, the Shar HaDvarim, Shahayu Bedor HaSahim, and the other items that were in those generations. Atash, Anachnu Begalos, Eilonu Torelos, Bidiyasam. What's the purpose What's the purpose of studying these parshios? These parshios, which are all archaic, chas They're old, they're ancient. What messages could we learn from these parshios? Oh, so what, what do I care? How many flowers the menorah had? Just give me my menorah on Hanukkah. Hanukkiah. Every detail of how every beged. How excited could I get for these parshios? Ask the Abarbanel. That's what we might say. And he even said it 500 years ago. V'chena mitzvah satchuliyos ba'aretz, o'am yusadus b'taras ha'konim, tumentaru v'tumasa matawelos yishlon v'atabidiyasam. What's the purpose? So he says an idea that similarly we said last week, from Ve'ela Mishpatim, we said it last week from the B'nai Yisachar, from Rav Salvechik, but he says a very similar idea here. Hatshuva bazehi, shekol ha'inyonim shebo'u batorah me'ezim in she'yu, every halacha, every detail, every letter written in the Torah. Hine ikra kavana bahem she'yu b'sefer chachma ha'elyona v'limud elokiba. We are supposed to study it and in that way learn messages from it. Sometimes we got to look a little harder for the messages. We got to... Sometimes just look at the surface, sometimes scratch beneath the surface, and sometimes we gotta dig a little bit. But it's all there. It just means we gotta dig. Until we perfect ourselves with all the perfect knowledge. Guard the entire bris and do them. Skip a couple of lines. In the messages that we're supposed to get from the Mishkan, there's no difference between when they had the Mishkan and now when we just learn about the Mishkan. The messages are the same. We can't visualize it. We are a visual people. Right? That's why we have to, we have to see things. Right? Just looking at pit, we're, we're, we can't have just pictures anymore. We need videos. Right? Oh, my, this phone! No video capabilities, only pictures. What kind of phone is this, right? We need videos. We have to be. We have to see the what's moving. That's what we. So it's, it's harder. We're trying to imagine in our heads what the Mishkan was like, what the Kalim looked like. But that's what we have to do. Lachain hayamashi adanu hayom binyani Mishkan vekelov im remazayim moalano hayom azeh kiyom amaisatzmo. We have to have that attitude. So much of the Torah is dedicated to it. Vialzeh ofan veemes lo bala avodas akarbanis. Karbanas are alive and well today. Vedine tuma vitara afsha maisa before ban batel, even though lamaisa they are batel, kias kalasa and lobatla. Right, what's one of the greatest rayas that learning about karbanas is as if, and it is lamaisa, as we know, there is Talmud Bavli on Seder Kachim. Well, there's no Talmud Bavli on Zra'im or Taros, besides Brachas Anida. But for some reason, it's a good question to think about. We're not going to answer it now. Why is there Talmud Bavli on Kudshim and not Talmud Bavli on Zra'im and on Taurus? It's all. None of it's Lamaisa. Right? Zra'im outside in Bavila wasn't Lamaisa either. There's something about Kudshim, about Mishkan, about Truma Tetzava Vayakov that Chazal understood, that the Rishonim understood that it is Lamaisa even just learning the messages. And that's how we have to view these parshias 
as we come into the non-action parshas, the more description parshas, we have to make sure that we have that attitude. It is more challenging, 100% more challenging. But a Jew never backs down from a challenge, especially in the world of Talmud Torah. Rav Hirsch as well says the same idea in Parshas Vayakel. In source number two, I gave it to you, says Rav Hirsch. If we realize that the whole sanctuary was to have symbolic meaning in all of its separate parts, but that no object could stand as a symbol if it is not intended and made to be that symbol, says Rav Hirsch. The Mishkan isn't just a bunch of physical objects, because after all, if I make it with incorrect kavana, it's useless to me. It does not achieve its status unless it is created a lishma, unless it's imbued with proper kavana. That shows it's not just something physical. If we realize that even the written word, which we could have certainly imagined to be so clearly of symbolic nature, that it can have no other meaning, it automatically carries its meaning in itself that in its most holy application, the intention of the writer is so essential. If I write a Sefer Torah and I have no kavanah to write a Sefer Torah, but I wrote it perfectly, you know what? I can throw that Torah in the garbage. It has no Kedusha. It's not what it is, the Torah. That's all the letters. It's exactly what's in front of you. No, no, no. The message of the Torah, there's so much behind it. The element of Lishma. A Sefer Torah only then has the Kedusha Sefer Torah if it is written with the intention of Lashem Kedusha Sefer Torah. And with the, with the, whenever you have to write a Shem Hashem, the intention to write the letters as expressing the name of God has to be explicitly repeated, or at least be present in the mind of the writer at the writing of every Eskara. Every time a, a sofer writes a Shem Hashem, he has to think about it with Kavana. One more idea, says Rav Hirsch, and then he gets to the uh, punchline. If further we remember line 15, that the realization of the symbolic meaning of everyday objects, which are normally in ordinary use, having their concrete meaning as cupboard, table, lamp, curtain, clothes, require special stress on their being symbolic, then all of these considerations make it quite understandable why the Mishkan is described in so much detail twice. As if we didn't get it the first time. Over and over again, the Torah spends so, so many halachas are learned out from a tiny little crown on top of a letter. And how much time the Torah describes the Big Day Kahuna and the Kalim so we shouldn't just say, why is it? We have to ask, why is it? But we have to search for an answer. And that's what first says. The answer is there's so much symbolism in every detail of everything we're going to learn about. Skipping towards the end, if we are not mistaken, all this proclicity is meant to tell us, not Refersh's word, he wrote in German. That is the translator's word. Is meant to tell us that both at the making as well as the delivering and finally at the assembling and erecting the holy and symbolic meaning and purpose of each and every part which made up the whole edifice was present and vivid in the minds of the workers and Moshe. So that's each part and the whole was made, delivered and set up in the spirit of its purpose, v'chulu v'chulu. Like the Abarbanel says, it's not time to turn off by these parshios. It's just time to dig in, to try to delve a little deeper than we're used to, because if the Torah spends so much time, if God in his autobiography dictated to Moshe so much is meant, and, and we, just, we don't appreciate it now because we don't have a base of Mikdash. But we have to realize there's so much here and we have to do our best to try to gain everything that we can. Okay, so with that background for the next five parshios, now we'll get into some of the messages of, of this parsha. We'll start off with a medrash that we discussed, I don't know if a year, last year, two years ago, a medrash that many Mepharshim discuss at the beginning of Parshas Truba. So we're going to have two ideas that, that the Mepharshim say on this Medrash. First is from the Shemanatov, source number three. Shemanatov quotes the Medrash. Let's review the Medrash again. On the Pasik, V'yichuli truma v'asuli mikdash v'shachanti b'socha. Make for me a mikdash, and I will dwell in them. Famous question, what do you mean I will dwell in them? Asuli mikdash v'shachanti b'socha. So, as I'll say, b'socha means HaKadosh Baruch Hu dwells in each and every one of us. What does the Medrash say? First, my Medrash, source number three. There was a king that had an only daughter, a princess. And what happens? Many suitors came to win this daughter's hand in marriage. And one of them finally found favor, her and eyes. And the king, wonderful, they're going to get married. He says, okay, maybe the wedding's going to be in the Kalos place, but then we're going to live in, in my kingdom, says the prince. So I'm going back. So the king, the father-in-law, doesn't know what to do. The father of the daughter. This is my only daughter. I love her so much. 
to separate from her, to give her to you, to take away to the other land. I can't, I can't bear it. I can't, I can't bear to separate from her. To say that you can't have her, I can't do that either. She's got to get married. So I can't prevent her from getting married. Okay, do this for me. The king says, you know, wherever you go, build an extension to your house. Build an extra room. Build me a basement. That I could come visit you. That's the Madrash. You could go many directions with this Madrash, but that is Vasuli Mikdash. Always build a little house for me, the king says. So, Soto HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I'm giving you something, Vasuli Mikdash. Shachadi Besochem, always have a place for me. There's still a lot, a lot open to interpret in the Madrash. So ask the Shem and Atov. Vahamashal Sarach Biyur, line 5. Di'ikoy ala Mishkan Kulo. What's the Madrash referring to? The Mishkan? Hashem, Hashem can't part with the Mishkan? Where's the Mishkan going? The Mishkan's stationary. The Mishkan doesn't move. And surely, Vasuli Mikdash also refers to the base of Mikdash. That's the Makam Anivchar. That's where our Kaddish Baruch Hu rests. Where's it going? I, take, I can't bear to leave you? So, is it referring to the Mishkan? Make me a house. What do you mean? The Jew has a Mishkan in his house? You're not allowed to bring Karbanas when there's a Mishkan and a Beis HaMikdash. So is there, is there a bigger Karbanas outside? Who is compared to this only daughter? Who's, who's taking, who's giving, and what is it? So what's the Medrash referring to? Elanira, says Rev Weinberger, Elanira, Deka'i al HaTorah. It's referring to the Torah itself. That's what the Medrash is referring to. Da'aleha shayich vas That's what it's referring to. HaKadosh Baruch Hu was giving the Torah and in its, in its largest, the ultimate place of keeping the Torah is when we have a central location to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's where the Mishkan, but it's really referring to the Torah. And it's as if HaKadosh Baruch Hu cannot bear to part from the Torah. Right? The Torah is one of the six things the Gemara in Seven things the Gemara Psachim tells us that was created before the world was created. It's Takal Baraiso Bara Alma. Kodesh Baruch Hu looked into the Torah and created the world. The world was the blue, the Torah Kabbalistically was the blueprint for the world. So Hashem had the Torah beforehand. So Hashem says, you know, I'll give you the Torah, but make a place for me. What does that mean? Hainu davar Anything that you are involved in, says Hashem, in the world, find some Torah aspect in it. Whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whatever activity you're involved in, what does it mean, build for me a little room? It means find a little Torah that's connected to it, that you could, that you could learn from it. There's nothing in the world that cannot be connected to Torah in some way. There's something Ruchani, there's something Kadosh in everything in life, in every situation, in any experience. That's what Hashem is asking us. Hashem's saying, I'm giving you the Torah, but you know what? Make room for me. Make room for the Torah. Wherever you go, a little bit, every little experience that you have, whatever, whatever, any experience, Ruchmias, Gashmias, but even Gashmias, we have to find something connected to Torah in it. And then he says, amazingly, maybe that's why the Lashon of Truma is used. Why Truma? Bichuli Truma? Why, why say Shruma? Why not Saka? Vehicle Saka, Nidava, Valent, Eladavka, Shruma. Why? Those who listen to the mitzvah shir. A couple of yesterday we had Shruma. How much Shruma do you have to give on a Daraisa level? Midaraisa. Maisris, by definition, Maisris, from the word Esther, you have to give one tenth. How much is Shruma on a Daraisa level? What does the Gemara say? One little grain. One little tiny little grain takes care of acres and acres of fields for Shruma. Zahainu, what's the message? Nukuta katana, a tiny little bit. This huge thing, but find me a little bit. That's the message of Asuli Mikdash. You could have anything. Chita achas poteres esakri. Vizeo truma chilakatan ashayach lishmi. Everything, there's something that could be connected to Torah. 
right? It's uh, nothing, no experience can be cut off from Torah. Right, this week, I guess not in this country, but more in, uh, some people uh, here might be, uh, be watching it. Right, this week, many, many on, on Sunday night might be staying up uh, during the night, maybe in other parts of the world, they don't have to stay up during the night to watch the, to watch the big game. But there could be Torah involved in that. Could be Torah involved in that. What about learning by halftime? What about what, the proper brachas that are being said? The, the whole environment. So there's Torah in every experience. Every experience has Torah. That's v'asuli mikdash v'shachanti v'socham. Build for me a ketone. Dude, put it in a put it in a framework because everything can be in a framework of Torah. And if we do that, so then we'll never have to be separated. There'll be a little truma. There's a little truma. The whole thing is in truma, but at least some things are all truma, right? Some things are all Torah. If I'm learning, if I'm davening, but even things that are not ruchani. I still have to get a little bit. And then he even adds another point. Just like it applies in objects, also in people. There's an akuta of Kedusha. There's an akuta that we can learn from in every person. Right? As we know, from every person. So isn't it interesting? He says what the Svasemis says on the first pasuk. What does he v'yicholi truma? May ace kol ish asher yidven ulimo. Take truma. Learn a little bit. Learn some kedusha from every person. May ace kol ish asher yidven ulimo. Loma mikal adam yashehu al das alomi mikal adam. The kol nefesh yisraelis yish mashu yacholam lomomi mena ulakashra latorah. Every object, every person. That's the message of the majors. Torah can be connected. To anything. Torah can be connected to anything. We mentioned in the past how certain Gdoli Adar always saw experience of theirs through the glasses. Through the glasses of Torah and through the, through the, um, the visions of Torah. That's what we have to do. We're not going to quote the stories again. But how certain Gdolim always saw, uh, all their life experiences. Kodesh Baruch was trying to teach me something. What can I learn from this experience? On a Kabbalistic level, just to quote quickly, one other source connected to this, and I'll get to the next uh, idea related to this Medrash, Rabbi Yosef Engel, one of the great Achronim from uh, 110, 120 years ago, uh, writes explaining the, is, there is a concept called bittel. Bittel. What's bittel? Nullification. If you have a little piece of Isser that falls into Heter, there's a concept. If it's 1 to 60, it's bittel. Right? If a tiny little drop of milk falls into a huge thing of chicken soup, and you don't see the milk anymore. If you see the milk, you have to start to scoop it out. But if it gets mixed in, so emotionally we might say, I gotta throw the chicken soup out, but we gotta get over that. We have to say that, you know what? This bitl is also halacha baltashchis, this counter pressure. So if I know for sure it's bottle, so this other bitl is nullified. What's the message? It says of Yosef Engel. Because even Isurim sometimes could have Nikudas Hakadusha in them. Even Isurim. And when it's time for those nekudas hakdusha, those elements of holiness to be nifted, to be redeemed from that tumah, Kodesh Baruch Hu will orchestrate events that there'll be bitla takes place and that you'll be able to partake of it. He said, you can't do a lechadchila. You know, if I want to, I want to eat this tray francs. You know what I'm going to do? I have a thousand francs. I'm going to throw it all in together. I'll eat all of them. Bitl. No, there's a halacha. You can't create ein mavat l'nisol lechadchila. I want my chicken soup to be a little more, a little, get a, get a little more texture. It's not going to put in less than 60, one, one sixtieth of milk. Chas v'shalom. That's an insert. If I do it, I can't eat it. Bittel doesn't work. But says Rabbi Yosef Engel in Beis HaOtzer, maybe this idea, seeing the Kedusha, that every element in life also has Kedusha, that is seen as well here. See on line 23, in source number 5, Lefim HaShakasav HaMekubalin. I'm not going to read the whole piece. The Inyan Heter Ve'isr Ma'achalos Hu Mipa'ah Anytime we have a, we eat something, we are, especially for a mitzvah, we are uplifting those sparks of holiness. Isurim, the kedusha is, is stuck in them. It's, it's tied in them. It's not time for them to be uplifted yet. And when the time comes, 
HaKadosh Baruch Hu will orchestrate events that it would be mutter. It will fall into heter. The yuvtal, the yuchshara yideizel achilas adam, the yuskan. So you see it even on a Kabbalistic level as well. I don't usually talk about Nekutas HaKadusha. But that's the, um, that's what he mentioned. That's what he says. You can't do a lachachilah because then you're jumping the gun of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu has in mind. This is all though, first idea related to the Medrash. Va'asuli mikdash shachanti besocham. Have a section of Torah. Try to see every experience in our lives uh, through the eyeglasses of Torah. In Surah number 6, the Yam Simcha also talks about the Medrash. Not exactly directed to the Medrash. I didn't give it to you. He quotes the Medrash, then he says, let me explain. He doesn't really go back to the Medrash, but it's really a stand, independent idea. What he really is bothered by is what is the connection between Truma and what came beforehand? What came beforehand? So he quotes a fascinating idea, which he then relates similarly to, to us. Source number six. V'yesh levayer, smichus inyinze lahaparshis hakodma alpidrush. Let's see what he says, and then I'll... We'll add something that you could go one step further from what he says. Says, says the Amsev again, Rabbi Freed, who, uh, who lives in Lakewood. Says, I call him Alpi Drush. He says, let me explain. Alpi Drush. Alpi Mashara Isi Bistefer Norma Eliezer. He quotes a Chassidish or Sefer. Sha'omer Tam. But Mashakarim Barov Shan in Parsha Shmini. Peshabash Achra Pesach. Most years, not a double Adar year, but most years, Shmini, Parsha Shmini, is ready after Pesach. Right? Sav many times the Shabbos Agadol. We spoke about that last week in Shul. That is top five rarest Haftorahs. So last week we had n- number six. Last week Mishpatim. It's the sixth rarest Haftorah. When do you ever read up Mishpatim? It's usually Shkalim or Shkalim. So the, the least, the rarest is Sam. So it's Shabbos Agadol. The second rarest was Mikates, Shabbos Chanukah. So there's a whole list we discussed in Shul last week. But anyways, it says the Yam Simcha. Shmini is usually up to Pesach. Why? What's the message? On Pesach, everybody's very mockpit on what they eat. Kashrus on Pesach, extremely high standard. The call Yisrael Amos Pesach love. Every all Yisrael, the the fear of of Pesach is on them. It's very careful. Pesach. Chas v'shalom, my wife. Should I should give her give her some schus tonight? She's Baruch Hashem she's in the hospital with our new baby. But uh, so when she was in medical school, so she had people these these totally non-religious friends that used to come in with their pork sandwich on matzah on Pesach. They would not touch a morsel of bread the entire Pesach. Pork, okay, that's the call. Pesach, they wouldn't. The mom, she said, Right, that's what she uh, that's what she saw, but that's exactly his point. Pesach, everybody's scared of Pesach, so that's what, so we're very mocked for the more we eat on Pesach. The rest of the year we take some liberties. We're not as strict. We're not as the, the high standards aren't aren't as as high. The standards aren't as high. So you know what? Right after Pesach we read Shmini. What's Shmini about? All of Hell's Kashrus is in Shmini. Lazek Harim Bashabes Achar Pesach Parsha Shmini. Shashom Namar Parsha Zos Hachayabachulu. Hamidaber Beinian Kashris Hamacholim. Shmini is all about Kashris. Umisayim Bolahabdul, Benatami, Benator, Benachaya, Nechalas, Benachash, Inachalas. All the Kashris to tell us. I know Pesach's over, but you know what? Keep it up. I don't have to be crazy. But, um, but keep, keep up the standards. Keep up the attitude. Kedei Lahazkir, Ulahai Rosanu, to remind us, to awaken us, Shagam Achareya Pesach. That's an akuta. The Shmini, after Pesach, to keep up the standards. The Yeshlomar, so he says, maybe similarly here too. We discussed a couple of years ago, not this year, there is a concept called, from the past couple hundred years, the Akronim discussed Shobavim Tat. It's a time period where there's like a, a darkness on the Jewish calendar. Not much going on besides Tubishvat. From Hanukkah to Purim, and this year especially of an extra month. So, we have a new Shuva time. Shovavim Tat, Shmos Ve'er, Bobashal, Kizam, Shavim, Shuvim, Tisavim. Those, those parshios during that time, there's different uh, emphases in different Svarim. Should one focus on Shabbos, on Taras, and Mishpachan, on different areas to focus on. But now, Shuvim, Tisavim, it's at the end of that process. 
Shemiyuchad l'sakin or averus shibiyani kedusha ubenei yisrael kedoshim ubevade kolechem nekadosh as after these are all adakti shli kashel b'avonus elu b'shuas elu during these months we know shovavim tat we're focusing avobavvarseinu arabim ena diktok came b'kol hashana but now it's at the end of that process now we got a couple of de- a couple of weeks that were downtime right especially this year we got a couple of weeks no okay we got a swish chodesh either aleph okay well we still got a while. That's why right after the end you eat shruma, basuli mikdash v'shachanti b'socham. Right? Don't forget me. Don't lose the kedusha now. Shruma shemadavar binyani kedusha basuli mikdash shekol echad tzorch lekavish atzmo shekli kipo. His focus is on the end of shovavim tam. Maybe you need. I might add one other point. It could be maybe we need basuli mikdash after, as I started off with. We just had parshas of amazing miracles. We had Yitzhiyah's Makas Bechoros and all the Makas and Yitzhiyah's Betzrayim and Atan Torah and Kriyas Yamsuf. Everything. And the past two parshas, Yitzhiyah and Nishpat, and Matan Torah. Amazing, unbelievable miracles. And now we get to Truma. Truma is about build a Mikdash and live there. Daily life. After after all the miracles, you know what? Keep Kaddosh. Because life's not about that. Life's about... After all of these, now we get to nitty gritty. Maybe that could also be what, all these details. Because Kedush is in the details. Kedush is every, the, the nuts and bolts, literally, of life is bringing Kedusha into all areas of our life. That's why Vasili Mikdash is right here, starts off this string of Parshios um, to make sure that we keep, keep it going, to keep it going, just like Shmini after Pesach. Okay. Let's continue now. So now let's get to some of the Kalim. Get to some of the Kalim. So first, let's start off with the Aron. It's the first one discussed in the Torah. Herach hafei Pasig Yud. Is it a separate Mitzvah Zaseh? Not. Discussion. Rambam, Ramban. Pasig Yud. Says the Torah. Va'asu Aron Tim. Make an Aron made out of wood. Amasayim v'chetzi arko. Two and a half Amas is its length. Vama v'chetzi rachbo. One and a half Amas is its width. Vama v'chetzi komasa. One and a half Amas is its height. And then what do you do? We know it's got to be three boxes. Gold, wood, gold. So, Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't want us to have such a heavy piece and cost so much. So, put wood in the middle, but just it has to be lined with gold on the inside and on the outside. Three boxes. Wonderful. Ask the Achronim. The Klayakar asked this question. We're not going to do it this year, but um, I gave it to you from Rav Zalman Tzaratzkin. Why are all the measurements of the Aron halves? It wouldn't be easy. Kodesh Baruch Hu could have said, build the Aron two by four by five. It would be easier whole numbers. You know, even, even when the Torah has a whole number, it rounds off. Right? How many makas? Forty. Right? How many, right? How many days? Tisru chamishim yom. It's really forty-nine, but we round. Why should we have a number like forty-nine? And he adopted, we have, what are the measurements? Two and a half by one and a half by one. What are the halves? It's obviously not a, not a, oh, oh. It's got a, not even a whole number. Why half? Okay, the Kliyakar said, points it out. Uh, has has his trap, but we're going to go with Azayim Latour. Makshim, source 7. Lamaha Amoshel Ha'arom Kulan Shvuros. Why are all the Amos of the Arom broken? They're all in halves. Uvikvar Bi'arnu, Shehayat Sorach Bamidos Elu, Kedela Kabbalah, Zaluchos, Vasefer Torah, Amudim. What was in the Aron? The Aron had the Luchos, both Luchos, the broken Luchos, the regular Luchos, and also. The Machlokas and the Gemara, it also had a Sefer Torah that Moshe Rabbeinu put there. Either it was in it with it, or there was a separate platform, a ledge that stuck out of the Aron that the Torah was on. It's discussed in the Rushalmi and Masech HaShkalem, the only Rushalmi that Dafyomi does. Uh, but so, th- th- that was there. Line 6. V'im yesh b'chatzon elu remazim az hayotim m'skabal alev hu. You know what the remez is? Sh'ramaz ha-Kadosh Baruch Hu sh'ba'aron munachas rak ha-Torah ha-Ksuva ha-Chatsi mi-Mitzvosav. You know, it's only he- here, only half the picture. Only half the picture is here. I think there's a misprint here. It should be, V'yesh o Torah she'bal peh. She'bil ha-Torah munachas ba'aron kishvura. This is only, this is a broken. What's inside here is only broken. It's a half. This is only Torah she'bal If you don't have Torah she'bal peh, you have nothing. It stays broken. It's all halves to teach us because what's in here is only half. Torah Shabbat, Torah Shabbat, they work together. We need both of them to survive. As many have pointed out, 
all the different sects of Judaism throughout the ages that rejected Torah Shabbal Pass slowly but surely disappeared. Very early ones, the Karayim and the Shomronim, or they are throughout. And even in our day and age, the Reform Movement, you reject Torah Shabbal Pass, you're not here anymore. Where are you? Torah Shabbal Pass and Torah Shabbal No, Torah Shabbal Pass without Torah Shabbal doesn't make sense. But Torah Shabbal Pass is needed. The Torah rites in Arachayim, Related to the brachas that we make when we get an aliyah. What's the bracha we say after we get an aliyah? Says the tour. In this bracha, we have, we have alluded both Torahs. Pirish. Torahs emes. Emes is. Torahs emes is Torah Shibachsav. That's what comes from Hashem. Only Hashem is emes. Hashem alokechem emes. He put eternal life in us. What's in us? He That's the kavana we have to have, says the Torah, when we get an aliyah. That's Hashem. That's us. No, it's not, right? And for Chaye Olam. No, Chaye Olam. It is Chaye Olam. Okay. The Kafachayim even, I didn't give you the Kafachayim, the Kafachayim even expands on this and says beautifully, what, is the, what about the Bracha Rishona? So the Bracha Rishona is Tarsha Basav and Tarsha What about the Bracha Rishona? What do we see before in Aliyah? Asher Bachar Bonimikola Amin, but Nasalanu has Torah, so he chose to give us the Torah. There you only have Tarsha Basav. Hashem gave us Tarsha Basav. Get Tarsha Basav, maybe, but literally Tarsha Basav. Says the Kafachayim, we walk up to get an Aliyah, we see Klaf in front of us. That's what we see. So what do we think? We see it. What's in front of us is what we have. So we say, We only acknowledge Torah But after we get the Aliyah and we read from the Torah, we realize, wow, I, this is not understandable. I need so much more. I need something else to help me out, to help me understand what's in front of me. So afterwards, we make the bracha on the Torah Shabbat as well. Beforehand on the Torah Shabbat after the Aliyah, we make the bracha also on the Torah Shabbat because we realize that is what. That is what we need. Okay. Again, the most famous answer to the question, just Derek Agav, of why is it have, is it symbolizes anava, symbolizes uh, humility, broken, like the Kutzker. Kutzker says, Ein davar shalem kalev shavur. There is nothing more whole than a broken heart. That's the, uh, the Kutzker. So again, it's, it's, um, that's the most common answer. But it's Zayin Torah, it's halves. Okay. Let's continue. Perach Ches. Now, skipping, I'm sorry, Parachafei still, Yud Aleph. Next Pasuk, still in the Aaron. As I mentioned, Vitzi Pisa Oso Zahav Tahar. So what do we do? We line the whole Aaron with gold. Mi bayis umi bachutz, umi chutz tetzapenu. Inside and outside it is lined. Vasizalo zerzav, and we make a crown. Okay, the three, three. Kalem, the Goran Yuma describes with the crowns. But that Lashen, Mi bayis umi chutz tetzapenu. From inside and outside. So the Gemara in Yuma, I didn't give it to you, it's just one line. The Gemara in Yuma on Daf Ayin, on Daf Ayin Beis Mabez says, you know what you learn from the Pasuk? Mi bayis mi chutz, the inside and the outside should be gold. It means that to be true, your inside has to be like your outside. The Gemara says, Mi kam l'tamad chacham, she'en tocho kabaro, e'en l'tamad chacham. Tamad chacham, that is inside, is not like his outside, he's just a faker. On the outside, he's a big tzaddik, but inside, he doesn't believe. Right? Ain't no chacham. The inside has got, ain't tocho kabaro. The inside is like the outside. That's the Gemara Numa says. This line, though, of tocho kabaro, which is learned out from this positive Yisim Yichutz, was made famous by the Gemara in Brachas. Where Brachas tells us the story that we're familiar with from the Haggadah. The Haggadah has the end of it. That's Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua got into a fight. Rabbi Gamliel embarrassed Rabbi Yeshua. And finally, Rabbi Gamliel had to be removed <coughs> from the Nisius. And they didn't know who to appoint. So they said, him, him, him. Okay, it was Azariah. He's the one that became Nasi at the uh, Pashtus that he became Nasi. Mentioned the Mitzvah Shia that's not so clear whether he was the Nasi or the Reish Pesifta. But the Pashtus, he became Nasi. And... He, um, he took the position, but he was discussing it with his wife first. Should I do it? Maybe they'll fire you. And he says, no, it's better to be a glass clee one day than to be a Harris clee all my life. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll, maybe they'll, they'll that. And then finally she says, but you're 18 years old. You don't have a white beard. How are they going to respect you? So that overnight, he grew a white beard. And he said when he woke up, I'm like 70 years old. Wonderful. 
But at the end of that Gemara, the Gemara says that they removed Rabbi Gamliel. Line 7 now. I gave you the Gemara in Brachas in Source number 9. Line 7. Tana. Oso hayom salkuhu l'shomer pesach On that day that they removed Rabbi Gamliel and put Rabbi Elizabeth Nazari in charge, they removed, there was a bouncer at the door of the base medrash. They removed him. So then whoever wanted to go in could go in. They removed the Shomer, the bouncer. Shahir of Gamliel, because in the times of Rebbe Gamliel, he had a rule. What was his rule? The Omer called Tamich and Tocho Kabaro, Lo Yikanis Tavesa Medrash. If your inside wasn't like your outside, if it wasn't Mibayis and Mikhus Tetzapenu, as the Gemara Darshins, you aren't allowed into the base Medrash. So what? They got rid of the bouncer, the Shomer. So then everybody was allowed in, even if you weren't Tocho Kabaro. And you know what? They added on Hundreds and hundreds of more benches in the base mattress. Wonderful. Rabbi had a dream. He was very upset. Good. This is the rule. Asks in the Karasal Shabbos owning in source number 10. It's one of the Rebbes, an amazing kasha. During the times of Rabbi Gamliel, so they needed Tocho Kabaro. They wouldn't let you into the base mattress unless your inside was like your outside. So have the bouncer know. Have the shomer know. It's such an obvious question on the Gemara. We all do this Gemara a hundred times. How do you know? The times of Gamliel. Right? Afterwards, whoever wants to go in, go in. Everybody went in. But at the times of Gamliel, he said, oh no, your, your, your inside is not like your outside. No, you can't come in. How did the show? We had a Ruch HaKodesh. It wasn't even one of the Rebbes. wasn't even with the Nasi himself. Rabbi Gamliel didn't sit outside. It said the Shomer HaPesach. How did he know? Who was Tocho Kabaro? So says... In source number 10, the tzaddik of Avam Yaakov Adam Misadagoria. He says, Oso Shomer Pesach Mufla. Who was that? Asher Yodah Lahavchen Belibo shall call Talmud. He could see into the hearts of every student. Ha'im Tochu Kabaru Olo. How did he know? El Rebbe. So says the Rebbe. Really, in the times of Rebbe Gamliel, the door was locked. The door was locked. The MS Niskaru Dalalos Besa Madrish Almin Olubariak, the door was locked. Volonitan le Ishlihi Kanes, and nobody was allowed in. Ulam Talmud, Asheratza Bhomodolomo Torah, you know what? The door was locked. But whoever didn't give up and did everything he could to get in, and banged on the door, and went onto the roof like Hillo went on the roof, says the Gabaran Yoma, even though it started snowing. Well, you gotta learn even in the snow, those of us in Chutzla Aretz, who are having a tough winter. You've got to try our hardest to get in. The door is locked, but there's Torah inside. I'm not going to stop. You know how the Shomer knew? Because who kept trying? Who didn't take no for an answer? Talmud Kazesiyem Rebbe. Hachafiz Kogach Limerat Torah. Zuachacha Barura Mikalki Tocho Kabaro. In the days of Rosh Hashanah, even people weren't as motivated. But in the days of Rabbi Gamliel, the standard was, let's see you get into the locked door. Let's see how much you want to learn. Let's see how much you're going to push yourself. That's Tocho Kabaro. Tocho Kabaro is if we don't stop, we have such a taiva. If there's something inside that we want so badly, we won't let anything stop us. Even a closed door, even a locked door, we will do our best to get inside. That's, that's how you see the difference of Tocho Kabaro. Okay. Right, a couple more ideas for the night. Let's go, I think I mentioned this, not in a true mashir, I was trying to find it, but in past years, but it's well worth repeating, um, though it's been mentioned in a different context. Rabbeinu Bachai. Rabbeinu Bachai, now we're moving over to another one of the Kalim, the Shulchan. Shulchan, we'll have a couple of thoughts on the, on the Shulchan coming up. So the Shulchan, so Rabbeinu Bachai, two Rabbeinu Bachais, one on our Pasuk, let's start with that one, source number 11. V'yadarech HaMedrash. V'yasisa sholchan ase shitim, miku sholchan out of shitim wood. Shitim stands for shalom, tova, yeshua, mechila. What does that mean? Your peace and goodness, salvation and forgiveness. That's what the sheet, that's what type of, that's what you need on your sholchan. You need goodness and peace and salvation, mechila. What does that mean? All of these wonderful things Hashem's going to give you with a proper shulchan, with a proper table. Right, the table that held the 12 loaves, but even your table. Right, you'll get goodness and peace and salvation. 
Because the shulchan is a mizbeach, as we know the halacha of having salt on the table during the week. Why during the week? Because and the bread on our table is chashav like a carbon when a person shares it with the poor. Who should darshu chazal? And that's what chazal darshin. Mahamizbeach. Eight shalosh amos. Vidaber lies eshok on shalof neyashem. By the way, just as an aside, the shloch hakadosh says that's a pasuk in Yecheskel. Vidaber lies eshok on shalof neyashem. The Shlach Kodesh brings down that it's a kiyum, it's an inyan, kiyum, inyan, it's not a mitzvah, it's an idea, it's a nice idea to say that Pasuk as one sets the table for Shabbos or Yantif. It's a good way to memorize the Pasuk. Just say that word, it adds to the Kedusha of what one is doing. We are influenced by what we say. When we're in the store buying stuff for Shabbos, look up at Shabbos. Right, that's it to add. Why does the pasuk start off with the mizbeach and end with the shulchan? When we had a base of migdash, we got kapara through the mizbeach. We don't have a base of migdash anymore. So what's going to bring us kapara? What we do at our table. What we do at our table. What happens at our Shabbos table? And then he quotes the amazing minhag. Rabbeinu Bachais quotes the minhag of France, She'osim me'sholchanam aron l'kvura. They fashion their coffins out of their dining room tables. Lahoros. Why? Because they want to take these mitzvahs with them. I want to take my dining room table with me. Ki ha'adam lo yisa mu'uma biyado. A person will not take anything with them below yilonu ba'malo. Nothing physical is going with it, like we spoke about last week. Im kasef talveh. You want the kasef to come with you? Es ani ima. Give it away. Right? So here, nothing's going. Ki matzlaka shasa b'chayev v'tovah shumeit al shulchano. You know what's going with you? The archim that you had at your Shabbos table. The aniim that came to the Shabbos table. The mitzvahs. I will talk about it in a minute. The Torah. What does our Shabbos table look like? That's the shulchan. That's how the shulchan could bring us shalom, tova, Yeshua, mechila. If we have a shulchan that we we would want to be buried in, we have to be proud of our shulchan. And Rabbi Nachman echoes this idea as well in his other sefer, Shulchan Shal Arba. It's a whole sefer that he has. It's printed. I have the kisver. It's one volume. The large volume, Kanakemach, is the, the Rabbi Nachman's large philosophical work, hashkafic work, I should say. Not so much philosophy, but hashkafic. He talks about all different chapters about stucca and bechira and emuna, a lot of different ideas. But then also printed with that is Shulchan Shal Arba. Which is uh, safer, all about eating, all about uh, mitzvahs and hashkaf is about what one does when he eats. Everybody opens up the Shulchan Shalabra when they learn the end of the Gemara Psachim, where it talks about not, the danger of zugos, pears. I've seen some people only make one egg or three eggs, not two eggs. Some great grandmas only, only don't make even numbers, because even numbers is danger, zugos, demons. The Gemara Psachim, he has a whole big discussion about, uh, about, about that in, in this safer. Right, the Shulchan Shalabra, he says there, related to our issue, he talks about. Gomer milacho, tzarek sheyarech hashulchano should stay at the, have long meals, says Rabbeinu Bachai. If it's going to lead you to mitzvahs, skipping a couple of lines. Or mitach shumarech hashulchano, you have a one if you ate in laprusa. If you're still eating, maybe an ani can see into your window. He'll see you still eating. He'll come get a get a slice of bread. Line eighty quotes the same minog. Obviously, it made an impression on him. We heard and many told us the great people who always used to host many. They had this minag that they made their coffins out of the tables. The Kolzel line 11. A person could be as rich as Shlomo HaMelech. Lo yisa biyado me'uma me'amalo sheyamal tachaz Hashemesh. What's going with us? Only what we have already created nitzchiyas in, and that is our Torah and our mitzvos. Ki imatov she'oseh v'atztakashu merachem esha'aniyim. The goodness and the tztakah. V'chein tzorach she'yadabar divrei Torah l'sholchan. How else do we sanctify our table? Not just by the mitzvos. Learning. Look what he says. Don't think that we're Yotze with brachas and benching. What do you mean? I mentioned God. I was sanctified by meal. That's wonderful. Brachas and benching are wonderful. Mrs. Darabana, Mrs. Daraisa, Mrs. What about the content? What about in between? We have to 
The Shulchan of the Mishkan teaches us that we have to be ha- we have to be proud of our Shulchan. We have to try to guide our Shabbos meal discussions. Doesn't even say Shabbos here, even weekday. But surely Shabbos, surely Shabbos and Yant of meals to guide it, to teach our children. There is something spoken about at the Shulchan, and something not spoken about at the Shulchan. Right? We have to say not at the Shabbos table. Why do we say that? The table. When Mama says, "Why don't we say it? not on Shabbos? Not Shabbos table, because we it's, it's ingrained in us." Because that, that, that's what it is, the Torah and the Chesed. And this is all related to the Shulchan of the, of the uh, Mishkan, later of the, of the Beis HaMikdash. And this has to be our Shulchan as well. We have to treat our Shulchan as a, as a Mizbeach and as a Makam of, of Kapar. Okay. Let's have two more ideas. Two more ideas for the evening. One, we'll start with two stories. Two stories. If anything will be repeated at Shabbos tables this Shabbos from this year, it'll probably be these stories. That is my guess. Though some of uh, the comments that I will get on Shabbos about those who listen or the emails, I assume it'll be about, part of it will be about these stories. One of them might be familiar to you. One of them might not be. The story is quoted in the time of the Arizal. The story is quoted in a number of places. I found it here in the Yagdal Torah, uh, which is uh, we've quoted from in the past. Source 13. Story in the time of the Arizal HaKadosh. Portugal. There was somebody who was from Portugal who came to Tzfat. He didn't know anything. Didn't know anything. He was he was forced to leave Tzfat. Imamish. It was Tino Shanishva. He didn't know anything about Yadus. He never learned. He comes to Shul Parshas Truma in Tzfat in the 1600s in the time of the Arizal. And the Rav says, In the times of the Beis HaMikdash, they gave special breads. Special breads. Twelve loaves of bread. Of twelve loaves, really matzahs, not bread. Twelve loaves. And through this, Shefa came. And then the Rav groaned. The Rav who was giving this year said, Oy, We don't have the lechem upon him today. What can we do? Ayveh. We don't have to lock him upon him. It's so tragic. Ha'anus, This man who walked in who didn't know anything thought to himself, Kodesh Baruch Hu wants breads. What's so hard? I'll make him some breads. What's so difficult about making special breads for Hashem? He comes home, he says, Honey, I know, I learned something today in shul. We're going to make bread for Hashem. Okay? She makes bread. They didn't know anything. She makes him. What happens? Late Thursday night, he goes in. He puts the breads in front of the Aaron. He says, here, Kodesh Baruch here are your breads. You know, I know the rough, so we don't have here. I made them. I made them. Enjoy them. Okay? Later that night, the Hashem, please accept my breads. Later that night, the Shamish is coming through. The Gabi is coming through the shul. He sees these breads. He's like, Wow! Fresh, piping hot breads. I'll take them home. Wonderful. Somebody left me breads. He takes them home to his wife. The next morning for Shacharis, everybody comes in the morning. He sees. The owner sees. His breads aren't there anymore. <gasps> comes home to his wife. HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepted our breads. And he was all excited. Shem accepted our breads. This pal HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he says, wonderful, wonderful. And it happened for weeks and weeks and weeks. And finally... Until one time, as we know, as he was putting the breads, the Rav walked into the back of the shul. And he sees him putting the breads, and he starts screaming. Well, he says, what are you doing leaving your bread in the shul? He says, I'm bringing the lechem upon him to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So he says, what are you talking about the lechem upon him? He says, I've been doing this every week. It's always taken. Then he says, one second. He calls the Shabbashin. He says, mister, what's going on? He says, there are breads here left there. What happens to the breads? So embarrassed. He says, yeah, I took them home. I took them home. He turns to the audience and says, you see? You fool! You see, you're making bread. That's why doesn't need your breads now. You're putting them in the shul. We don't have a base on Migdash. What are you doing with your breads? Go home! Meanwhile, a messenger comes to this Rav with a message from the Arizal. And the Arizal says on line 22, I'm sorry, but you're nispakesh b'yeshiva shalmala tomorrow. So you don't have to prepare a drasha for tomorrow. The kachave, and the man died. The Rav died. Because the Arizal HaKadosh told him, at the end now, from the day that the Beis HaMikdash was destroyed, 
He didn't have such pleasure, such satisfaction, except from these breads that were brought with such innocence, with such, with such commitment, with such emuna. It was wrong. There was no mitzvah here. But look at the avodas Hashem that this couple had, bringing it and putting it in front of the Aaron. And you stop them from bringing this nachas ruach to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. When we do a mitzvah, when we do anything but tzmimus, when we do something with 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 pureness, with with let's say it this way, let's relate it to another point of the parsha, right? The Aaron had kruvim on top of it. Why kruvim? Why children? Because there's a certain innocence. Children, children see HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They have such trust in HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He's so alive for them. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, in, is reality for a child. As we get older and become more pessimistic and more jaded, so we believe less. But Halavai, we should be like children. Children also have pure bitachen. Right? Does my five-year-old ever think, what am, what am I going to do for supper tonight? I don't think he thinks that ever. He comes into the kitchen, he says, where's my food? Right? He doesn't worry. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I, I, I'm going to have food. Right? It's, it's all bitachin. Hakadosh Baruch Hu will help me out. That's a child. It's that's it's naivete, but it's positive naivete, and that's 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 what these people were doing. And Hakadosh Baruch Hu loved that. Where else do you see that? There's another fast, great story. Some of you might be familiar with it. Rabbi Emanuel Feldman writes in one of his books the story of God and Mrs. Cooperman. God and Mrs. Cooperman. What's the story of God and Mrs. Cooperman? You can find it online. It's in the one. I think it's in uh, a shul without a clock. I think that's the, the one that it's in. Mrs. Cooperman. I'll read you parts of it. The elderly widow who attended my father's synagogue in Baltimore was every rabbi's ideal congregant. She never spoke through, during services. She davened meticulously, caressed every word. She listened avidly to the rabbi's sermons, gave charity, observed Shabbos and Kashras, and honored those who studied Torah. There was only one little problem. Other than her ability to read Hebrew, she was completely unlettered and unlearned. That is why, in fact, she never skipped a word of davening. She was unable to distinguish between prayers recited on a regular Shabbos or those recited only when Shabbos falls on Rosh Chodesh or Yantif or Hanukkah. The net result was that on every single Shabbos of the year, she recited every single prayer on every single page of the service. My mother, who always sat next to her, would gently remind her, you don't have to say this today, it's not Rosh Chodesh. Mrs. Cooperman would smile and say, I ask you, why is it so terrible if I do say it? If it isn't Rosh Chodesh today, it'll still be Rosh Chodesh. So it doesn't really make any difference. We three preteen brothers growing up in our father's shul were more than a little amused by Miss Cooperman. After all, we already knew Chumash and Rashi and a little bit of Shulchan Aruch, and we found it absurd that an old lady would not make distinctions between Shabbos and Yontif. The mere thought of Miss Cooperman reading the Shemona Esrei or the Birchas Hamazon straight through without distinguishing one section from the next was enough to, enough to brighten the dullest of days. One year, Rosh Chodesh Teves happened to coincide with Shabbos Hanukkah. During the davening, we said Yalav Yavo and Alhanisim and Halel. And Aberchas Hamazon, we omitted nothing, recited everything from beginning to end. The Alhanisim for Hanukkah, the Ritzei for Shabbos, and the Yalav Yavo for Rosh Chodesh. Suddenly it dawned on us that this was the one time that Miss Cooperman was right. On this one Shabbos of the year, you simply open the sitter and kept going, reciting everything, omitting practically nothing. Today is her day, we laughed. And from that moment and forevermore, the wondrous conflation of Shabbos, Hanukkah, Rosh Chodesh became known among us as Mrs. Cooperman's Shabbos. That such a Shabbos just occurs just once every few years only intensified the wicked anticipation of the recurrence of the magical moment in time. And then Rabbi Feldman ends off. Many Hanukkahs, many Rashi Chadashim, many Miss Cooperman Shabbatot have flown by since then. Mrs. Cooperman is no longer among the living, nor are her favorite rabbi and Rebetzin. We have passed her story down to our children and grandchildren, and whenever that special Shabbos occurs, I still call my brothers across continents and oceans to remember the lighthearted mirth she unwittingly created for us when we were young. But why we still chuckle at the memories which her name evokes, our laughter is of a different kind now. She no longer provokes the giggles of mischievous little boys, but rather smiles of appreciation and illumination. Now we realize, while she might have been ignorant of the subtleties and nuances of Torah learning, 
She possessed something that we utterly lacked then and probably still lack now. Devotion, surrender, and childlike innocence before the presence of God. She didn't know the translation of the words, but in a deeper sense, she understood their meaning. It's a great line. She brought to her praying a total submission of the self before the presence of God, a love for her creator so consuming that she cannot bear to pass over of a single pass over a single word of his holy sitter. She worshiped God not from knowledge or intellect, but from an inner spirit that transcends the mind. She did not know the proofs for the existence of God, but she needed none, because God was not an abstraction, but a reality. The Hulu. Her prayer calendar was a seamless web which did not distinguish between one kind of holiness and the next. And she thanked God for the miracle of Hanukkah oil every Shabbos and ushered in the new moon every week of the year. But she loved God and her greatest joy was to engage in conversation with him. The Hulu just ending, ending, um, ending the, at the end he says, and when Ms. Kuberman appeared before her maker who was not constrained by the mortal boundaries and limitations of clocks and calendars, and for whom time is an indivisible entity, I would like to think that perhaps he didn't look with disfavor upon the seamless, timeless universe of his loyal servant, Ms. Kuberman. Like those Ame Haaretz who brought the Lechem upon him in Shul. Certain avoda devotion that halavai, we should have a little of Miss Cooperman in us. Halavai, we should be so devoted. Okay, I'll say a few extra words. Let's at least say the words. Let's work on that without, uh, without rushing yet. But that's the lechem apai. Okay, one final thought for the evening, and then, um, and then we'll, then we'll stop. If you look at Rashi, it's probably the Rashi that sometimes we say, uh oh, I need a picture book. Where's the, the aphod. Rashi starts describing the aphod. Perachavches. I'm sorry. Chavches. Yeah, later on. Perachav. I'm sorry. This is. This is a little related. It's said in next week's parsha, but it relates to this week's parsha. So Perachavches, next week's parsha. The Rashi there hints to something that he also does in our parsha. The aphod is described. So Rashi says there. Rav Yeruchim puts this in our parsha. In If I try to describe to you every detail based on the psukim, pirushan prakim You won't understand anything. So let me explain to you what everything looked like, and then I'll explain the psukim. And then you have a twenty-five line Rashi describing what it looks like. Rashi does that also in R, describing the menorah, describing different parts of the kalim. Rashi is bending over backwards, describing something, then fitting, into, fitting it into the psukim. Says Rabbi Yeruchim, Tarakan Rashi veherak lefarish levar kol aparsha l'man yoritz What is Rashi doing with the message of Rashi? He says, you know what Rashi is doing? He's fulfilling what he said he was going to do in last week's parsha. What did Rashi there say? Line four. I'll teach the students. Moshe said, I'll teach Klai Yisrael a couple of times. So they'll, they'll memorize it. I don't have to go overboard to explain them every reason, every siba. I don't have to do that. No, no, no. It's got to be a set table. Says if you know what Rashi's doing here? The greatest Rebbe that any of us has ever had, Rabban Shal Yisrael. You know what Rashi's doing here? He's doing exactly what he says a teacher must do. You've got to make a set table in front of a student, in front of a listener. There has to be clarity. There has to be able to be taken. It's not the full job of a Rebbe at the end of the day to say, you know what, here it is, you work at it. Yes, there's a balance that a Rebbe has to challenge his students and make them work for it. But at the end, it has to be a Shulchan Aruch Lefnehem. Rashi did that in these parshios. Rashi describes, they might be longer, but he describes and then he goes into every detail of what the psukim are supposed to be. This is a teacher. This is a parent. Somebody that explains, that makes sure it's known. Right? There's no greater teacher, Moshe Rabbeinu, maybe. The genes pass by down the Source 15. Gemara that many of you are familiar with, Terebi Preda. 
Rabbi Preta, who had a student, who had a, who had a, he had to teach every topic to 400 times. 400 times. And the Gemara goes on to say that he got Olam Haba directly. Maybe he lived an extra 400 years. But this is Rabbi Preda. This is Moshe Rabbeinu. This is Rashi HaKadosh. And this is what we have to, when we are talking to somebody, when we are trying to convey an idea, it's not enough just to say it and hope that they got it. We have to make sure that our children, our friends, our students, anyone who we're talking to, Shulchan Aruch, that's why there are Rashis on this week. Like we started off, oh, Truma, Tetzave, no, no, no. Rashi is extra lengthy to make sure we get it. That's the message of Rashi. And let's try to have the commitment that we spoke about to these parshias, the commitment of Mrs. Cooperman, of the, of the Am Ha'aretz in the time of the Arizal. Let us show we should be Zoha to be able to get close to the Kaddish Baruch Hu this way. Those of you who are listening in Eretz Yisrael or anywhere in, in Beit Shemesh, that's in the Shalom Zachar, everybody's said my house on Friday night, and uh, the Brit Hashem next week, Tuesday morning, in Yeshiva, in Reshit, um, 810 David. Okay.